Radio Draw. Alright, it's another episode of Radio Drome, and Mr. Jones is back with us this week. Thank you for having internet this week, Brad. Yeah, no problem. That's always a bonus. And we've got Mr. Marquis Dissuade himself, Alex Jowski. Uh, what's what's up? I like that, Marquis Dissuade. Yes, the Marquis Dissuade. The 120 days of suede. Well, hey, if you are into the Marquis Dissuade, not Alex, but that whole scene you can go to adamandeve.com use the promo code drome and get three free dvds 50 percent off of a single item free shipping in the united states and a free mystery gift which might be suede i don't know what happens if you use the promo code suede i don't know <laughs> but i'm recommending they use the promo code drome because if, even if suede works i don't get any cut of that so <laughs> because of the hobbit coming out I figure it's about time we tackled fantasy movies and the fantasy genre. Yeah, might as, might as well be talking about this. I got to go see all three hours of it in the theater here in a little bit. Yeah, th- that's why I decided on this one for tonight that it's it's oddly topical. You know, we've never really discussed fantasy movies before. We, we might, I mean, we we've hinted at it in certain ones. When when you say when somebody says fantasy movie to you, what do you think of? Leaving out obviously sexual fantasy. What's what's the first film that jumps into your mind when somebody says fantasy film? I don't know. It depends on who I'm talking to, because if, say, like my friend Buford says fantasy movie, then I'll tend to think of something more along the lines of Lord of the Rings. Not that I'm a Lord of the Rings guy. I'm not. But I know that that's what he's thinking about when he says that. But then again, if I'm talking to Ed Glazer, I'll start thinking of, you know, like, like, okay, like the Ator movies or something like that. Cause he has, he has kind of the same taste in, in fantasy flicks that, that I do. Uh, generally the sword and sandals things from mostly the eighties, like sword and the sorcerer. Well, Conan's the one that really broke it open to the, to the, it, for it's, it's for its time. Yeah. No, I think even before that it wasn't as popular. And then after Conan became such a huge hit for universal, you saw a stream of knockoffs and ripoffs. I don't think the fantasy genre had ever seen prior to Conan. Well, the Hercules films were popular. They made yeah, like the a Hercules billion movies, of them. The movie, the Hercules movies. There are Hercules movies that are very that are very very popular. There's a lot of B Hercules movies. There's a lot of Hercules knockoffs. It's like there's a lot of Conan B movies and Conan knockoffs. Conan defined certainly defined kind of that era of that of that certain section of fantasy but that is not that is so not like the first freaking popular fantasy film well i'll agree with you on that but conan did one thing definitely that no other film had done and that was kind of gave everyone an opportunity to dabble who wouldn't have before i mean if you look at lucio fulci's filmography yeah to conan would you have ever thought he was going to do a fantasy film at some point Honestly, it wouldn't have surprised me because Fulci really did a little bit of everything. He's no, yeah, he's notable. He's most notable for the gore films, but he did, he did gangster movies. He did crime flicks. He's done, he's done comedy. He's done, he's done a kids movie before. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have put that outside the norm for him to do a fantasy movie because, well, he's done about everything else. 
Cause, just because he hadn't done one yet, huh? Well, not necessarily because he hadn't done one, just in that, like, it wouldn't surprise... You could tell me that Lucio Fulci directed whatever kind of movie from whatever genre, and it would not surprise me, because he has he has a much bigger filmography than a lot of people kind of know about, because his most popular movies and a lot of his best movies are the gore films, are the horror flicks. He's done all kinds of movies out outside of that. Do you think that Conan, I'm just talking for our lifetime, so for right now, our lifetime, Conan was the high watermark that a lot of these other fantasy films attempted to reach, and I really do love the first Conan movie. I'd be hard-pressed to think of another pure fantasy movie like that that actually was as good as Conan was. As good as a, a fantasy movie that's like Conan? style of swords and dragons and witches and i mean i know there's no dragons in conan at least the first one but conan the destroyer is a piece of crap on a whole different level i like conan (laughs) i like i like conan i like conan and the destroyer for different reasons than i like conan the barbarian for for Uh, wilt wilt chamberlain protecting a woman's virginity (laughs) grace jones you throw grace jones in there yeah yeah conan the destroyer is kind of fun it's kind of funny how in the first five minutes he has more lines than in the entire first movie i love the first one i think the first one's a great freaking film fantasy movie of its kind that i would say is as good as Conan uh no I don't I I certainly don't think so I can think of a lot of other ones that I certainly enjoy a lot because uh when it comes to fantasy I'm I I like the darker stuff I like the more violent stuff I like the stuff that's a little edgier but I really do like the the really really b-grade kind of flick so I like I I like the ATOR movies I I like the ATOR movies uh, a lot I, I think they're a lot of fun there's no way I am going to say they're as good as Conan. In terms of enjoyment, I, I, I find those movies very entertaining. The, uh, the Some of the ones that Bruno Mattei did, I, I enjoyed. But I like, I like the B-movie stuff like that. Lord of the Rings, I just find boring. Lord of the Rings, I mean, I know it's a Kevin Smith trope, but he's not wrong. It's nine hours of people walking. It's not entertaining to me, and I don't want to. I I used to think that I used to think it was like when those movies were really big when they first came out. I used to think like maybe it's just because I'm not into fantasy, but then I was like, well, that's not really true. There's a lot of fantasy movies I like a lot. Going back, uh, I love uh, I love Excalibur. I I loved Willow. Lord of the Rings just bored me. It's too long. It it it's it's long, and I hate to be that guy. I hate to be that guy. You hate to be me. No, no, no. I'm complaining about something that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. No, but but I I hate to but when a movie's not if if the movie was if the movie was working for me, I wouldn't care that it was that long because I'm not going to admit I'm not going to immediately dismiss something that's three hours long or just because it's three hours long. I'm I'm not going to do that. There's plenty of long movies that I like. I those movies bored me to tears. I I'm sorry. It's I I I certainly get why people are into it. I I get that pe- that people like it. I I totally understand why it's somebody's thing. It's not my thing. It's it's not. I I just find it dull. I don't find it. I don't find it entertaining in the least bit. It took me two weeks to make it through the extended versions because every time I'd pop a disc and I'd be out. Yeah, and I, I'm just going from the theatrical versions. I've, I haven't seen the... I, I have no interest in seeing that. I think tonight at the movie theater, they were showing back-to-back all three extended versions in the theater. You couldn't pay me to do that. 
and again, I'm not saying that they're they're bad movies. I, I don't think they're bad movies. I don't think they're bad movies at all. Those movies aren't for me. They're, they're yeah. not. And and I I just I just, they're just not that they're just not that interesting to me. I I don't think they're bad. It's just not it's not not for me. What do you think about the Rankin Bass and Ralph Bakshi animated versions from the 70s and well, Return of the King was early 80s. I think it's kind of. I do think it's kind of funny that all the all these years later, we still haven't gotten a live action version of The Hobbit. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> there's so much. See, there's so many animated scenes. It's like a cartoon that happens to have a few live action actors in it. Yeah, it's CGI splooge all over the freaking screen. My God. Now, uh, I personally, I love this. The 1977 Rankin Bass Hobbit. I love me, that film. Movies, to me, those movies. Like, I mean, you can, you can certainly argue about. Which one's more accurate? I mean, I I don't know. I, I I haven't read the book, so I don't know. I'm just I'm just going off of the movies. But I thought that the animated movies, the older ones, had a lot more charm to them. And the voice work. I mean, first of all, John Huston as Gandalf inspired voice casting right there, uh-huh. as well as Brother Theodore as Gollum. Yeah, yeah. Can, I, to me, when I hear Gollum, I hear even in the live action Peter Jackson movies. I think Brother Theodore would have actually been more perfect. Yeah, and I think the acting is fine in the Peter Jackson ones. I, I do. I, I tend to get, especially like with The Hobbit coming out, I, I tend to get, so, and it isn't that, I, that it makes me think that the movie's going to be bad, but I tend to get turned off when they're advertising more so the technology of the movie than the movie itself. Like, oh man, this is like, a high, with its high frame rate, and it's like, state-of-the-art 3d and everything and blah 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 all this text all this tech talk all this tech talk like i don't care just make a good movie my god (laughs) like and i'm not saying that that makes the movie bad i'm just saying like that is so not the most important thing in the freaking world to me just a good script a good solid direction just make a good movie i don't give a a flying crap about your frame rate but i understand that's that's not exactly like people are kind of torn about that high frame rate thing a lot of negativity about it i've read some of the early reviews say it looks so realistic that it stops feeling like a movie and 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 they just want you know we don't want to watch what looks like a newscast we want to go see a goddamn movie yeah yeah i want it to look i want it to look like a movie i want i'm I'm there to see a movie i want it to look i want it to look like a movie And, and i've heard People have, who have said what you've just said, that like it looks like you're just looking through a window at like sort of real life or like said like like a newscast or something like that, like you're watching a soap opera. And people have used that as like to, to say that that's good. And other people have said that, which I, I would probably fall in line with this side of it because I've seen stuff like that before and I don't I don't care much for it. That, that that's that that's a bad thing like it takes it takes them a while to get used to it they say like going to see the movie they're like it's a fine movie it's it's a decent flick it, it's well made and everything but takes me like it took me like a half an hour to get used to it is is what people say and i'm like that's not a good thing if you go into a three-hour movie and it takes you a half an hour to get used to how it was shot agreed that's probably why it's three hours uh, yeah the, fir- the first hour is the acclimation period that's another thing I'm hearing about this movie too is that it doesn't need to be three hours. Well, and and, it's the first and this is only the first part, so it's not even the whole story. This is one of those times where, like, you know, yeah, I, I it's it's freaking it's a long movie, and I gotta go see it at midnight. So, 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not really looking forward to it. Again, it's not that I think like, oh my god, this looks like a piece of the crap. It's just more like, well, the other movies aren't really, I didn't really get into the other movies, so, so why would I really be looking forward to this? But with that being said, I still hope it turns out good because I'm going to be there for three hours. You know, I want it to be good because if I'm going to be there, I'd rather be there for three hours watching something that's that's entertaining me than be there for three hours bored out of my mind. You'd ra- you'd rather watch something interesting than The English Patient. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would rather watch something. I actually think The English Patient was probably the most boring film I've ever sat through in my entire life. Who? Oh. Uh, uh. See, I, I don't know if I'd say that about The English Patient because I watched that in parts. Most boring movie? God, I don't know. I mean, throw a Gus Van Sant movie out there. Jerry. <laughs> so at least Jerry is under two hours, but it didn't freaking feel like it. It's two guys walking. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you guys think about one of the most popular 80s fantasy movies? And now this one, you, you can't deny the influence it had even if it was just how many times it got watched, The Beastmaster. I love The Beastmaster. I love the first film. I I adore it. But Dennis Miller was not wrong when he said there was a time in the 80s when HBO stood for, hey, Beastmaster's on. Yeah. There was a time in the early 90s when Showtime stood for, hey, Beastmaster 2 is on. <laughs> <laughs> or, or TBS. I know TBS showed the hell out of that, too. I actually, this is sad, I, because of how many times they freaking showed Beastmaster 2, I might have seen that one more than the first one, even though the first one's way freaking better. Like, the first one, and I I, actually, I really agree with Spoonie on this, he brought this up when we were talking about Beastmaster 2, thinking back on it, it was like, yo, what crap, yeah, I might be the same way on this, like, because we both saw that around the same time when it came out on video, and he said, I think that was the first movie that I probably enjoyed knowing how, because it was bad, because it was so bad. Like, I hate to use the term I, ironically, because that implies that I was, like, hating myself for watching it, but no. But he said, like, that was the first one that he can remember, like, really kind of watching, like, and enjoying it, like, as a bad film. I was thinking back on that too. I was like, yeah, because he and I are about the same age. I was like, yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can see that because you, because because before then, when I would watch something that was really, really bad, I was young, you know, so I probably thought it was really good. <laughs> but no, Beastmaster not, Two, not is... Beast, not Beastmaster Two. I didn't think I, I never thought that was good. When I watched the first Beastmaster when I was a kid, I was like, hey, it's a He-Man movie that's better than the real He-Man movie. It is. It yeah, is that's, that's it true. Is, it is better than that. It, it's true. To me, I love Beastmaster. Beastmaster 2 is a piece of crap, but it's it's got a charm to it that you cannot deny. Yeah, it's got Wings Hauser in it. Uh, and <laughs> Wings is having fun. You can see he's enjoying the hell out of this movie, too. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Douglas, eh, she looks a little put upon. She doesn't look like she really wants to be there in some scenes. Yeah, I can see that. Clothing store guy looked like he was having fun. Too much fun. And what can we do to you? Let's pull out every gay stereotype we can in only three minutes. Yeah. But then the third film. I haven't seen that one. It got back to the roots of it being in an all-fantasy world. It was basically – now, I I first saw it on the local Fox station on, like, Night at the Movies. Was that actually a Fox TV movie or was that a real film? See, I – I never saw the third one. 
I know that it was a TV movie because I was looked it up once and it that, said that, TV that, movie next oh, to it. Okay, that 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 was actually a Fox original, and yeah, you could I tell they did not have the budget to do what they needed to do. I do remember it being advertised. I I never watched it. It's like what? It's not in L.A. anymore. Screw that. I'm not watching this. I I do remember it being advertised. I can't remember what network. Yeah, I guess Fox. Yeah, that that definitely wasn't a theatrical film. Well, I, I just I thought it might have been direct to video. Oh, oh. I don't know if it was made for TV or made direct to video, but I saw it for the first time on Fox. But, yeah, I, but never saw it. I didn't see the TV show either. The TV show, if you can get over Dar not being Mark Singer and the fact that they clearly don't have the budget to do what they wanted to do, mm. it wasn't that bad. Honestly, the Conan TV show was better. But again, they did not have the budget to do what they needed to do. Although, if you got to replace Arnold, Ralph Mueller was not a bad replacement. Conan was the first movie I watched in my 30s. <laughs> I was when I my 30th when I last year when I turned 30. It was I was it was midnight. I was still awake. It's like crap. It's midnight. Well, I guess I'm 30 now. So I have I had Netflix hooked up to the TV and everything, and I'm flipping through there. I'm like, okay. What's going to be I, like, I wasn't tired. Like it was one of those deals. Like I got to put on something cause I, I know I'm going to be awake for a few more hours. So I'm flipping through and like, okay, okay. What's, what's going to be the first movie I watch in my thirties? Like flipping through like, no, no, no. My stepmother's an alien. God, no. It's flipping through there. Like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. All right. Okay, cool. All right. That works. John, John Milius and Oliver Stone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two people I love. But then you, you've got this weird thing where depending on when you were born, our generation to the current generation, when you say fantasy, we think of dragons and swords and witches. The current generation thinks of brooms and wands and Harry Potter. The the term fantasy has changed with the generations. Well, I think that they also, I don't think that they primarily just think of Harry Potter because there's still also the Lord of the Rings movies. There's still also those. Those are still relevant. I mean, obviously, with The Hobbit coming out. So I don't think it's. I don't think they primarily just think about the Harry Potter movies. I think that what what we were just talking about, because of Lord of the Rings, that still is kind of in their heads a little bit. Granted, it's not my favorite example of the genre. <laughs> uh, there's so much better to me anyway than than that. But you know, there is still some some other things other than just Harry Potter. Well, then what about this thing that George Lucas has been saying this since the 70s, that Star Wars is not a science fiction film, it's a fantasy movie? It has all the tropes of a fantasy film. It does. It just happens to be in space. It does, but I I don't know. It doesn't fit what – maybe my definition is too narrow. It doesn't fit my definition of a fantasy film. It, to me, feels more like a science fiction film that has fantasy tropes to it. You've got this evil kingdom, and you've got the young hero rescuing the princess from the the castle. In this you've case, got a magic. Death star. Magic. You've got magic. You've got your I don't animal think there's companion. Any... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with it being both. It's I consider it to be. I I, I always think of it being more science fiction because I mean sci- sci-fi would come in my head more than than fantasy would, or before fa- the the term fantasy would anyway, but. But it's it's I think it's both. I don't think there's anything wrong with it being both. The, the term sci-fi fantasy comes up all the time. That's 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 not an uncommon thing. And I think that move that series fits it fits it perfectly. It has elements of both genres. No, the lightsabers, swords. How many other 
sci-fi movies do you see with swords? Uh, Star Crash. Ice, yeah. <laughs> ice Pirates. Ice Pirates. Okay. They actually, they actually used swords and ice pirates, real swords. Star Odyssey. But then you've, you've, also got, you've also got this thing. Now, I don't know if these are available online, but I've got some old magazines, like uh, science fiction writer industry insider magazines from 1977 when Star Wars first came out. And it's funny to read the reviews, which are all universally negative. Like I said, this is within screenwriters and novelists. At least four different reviews pointed out the fact that Star Wars is a ripoff of Lord of the Rings. It's got the same plot tropes. It's got Obi-Wan as Gandalf, and it's got the gathering of the group to go to Mordor, which would be the Death Star. And they pointed out all these similarities that George Lucas made a sci-fi version of Lord of the Rings. Eh, whatever. Everything has similarities to everything. What do you guys think of modern fantasy films, and I'm talking in the Conan-type genre, the Lord of the Rings-type genre, versus the older ones, like, even when they didn't have the budget to do it, like the Ator films, mm. you know, the, or the Quest for the Mighty Sword. Which of the Ator <laughs> films? That is an Ator film. But, but I know there's one of them. Was it Iron Sword or that one that's not a real Ator film, even though it's an Ator film? Iron Sword. Uh, th- that's Iron. That's Iron Sword, and I actually think Iron Sword is probably the best one. Wait, is it that, Iron Sword or Iron Warrior? I think it's Iron Warrior. Actually, yeah. Damato yeah, insists that movie never happened. In fact, when oh. he came out with his one, he's like, "This is a Tor Three. Oh yeah, yeah, because he never any other franchise before. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but uh, he's also the one that released that movie as Troll Three in some markets. That's like. That's like. If Bruno Mattei complaining that something was a ripoff of his Terminator 2, <laughs> what the hell? Like, I, Iron Warrior, though, I thought was the best out of the four, the four Ator movies. It was actually kind of good. <laughs> it was it was really well made. It was really moody and kind of Zardoz-like in a lot of places. It was it still had Miles O'Keefe in it playing Ator. It's it's really moody. It, it's it's different it's different than the other like it has uh, similarities to some of the other two uh, i mean obviously of course since it's since it's miles o'keefe playing the same character but it's it, it's it's certainly more like the uh if the other ator movies are like conan the destroyer then iron warrior is more like conan the barbarian in terms of its mood and style uh, it's tone yeah, yeah. it's I've tone only seen the, i've only seen the damato ones yeah it's it's bad and i like the first two damato ones Iron Warrior, like I like I just said, I thought was the best one. Quest for the Mighty Sword. Yeah, that's <laughs> boring that's... as hell, honestly. I don't you know, I don't know if I thought it was boring, but it's it was it wasn't very good. I like the uh, I like the troll uh, Grindel. I liked Grindel. Well, and then you've also got the this weird thing where, since we're expanding the term fantasy to like Star Wars, you've got a lot of people that. That, that call a lot of the post-nuke movies, especially the a lot of the Italian ones, like Steel Dawn with Patrick Swayze. Highlander, is co- the first Highlander film, is constantly called a fantasy movie. I'd call it more science fiction, but I can see where people are getting a fantasy sort of setting out of that. I don't think that something like... It's kind of like what we were saying about Star Wars. I think that certain movies don't have to be one or the other. You know, they... they that's a sci- sci-fi fantasy is a common term because a lot of movies just have similarities to both genres. 
Yeah, well, sci-fi fantasy is the same section at the bookstore. They don't have a sci-fi section and a fantasy. They just group them in one. Uh-huh. Most video stores are the same way, too. But but then you've also got this thing that my son, when, when I say fantasy movies, he immediately thinks of Harry Potter. I really do think the generations have changed with that because I believe that like showing my son Conan after he's seen Harry Potter, I don't think he's going to appreciate Conan as much because to him, fantasy is a much lighter genre than something like Conan, which is all about boobs and cutting people into pieces. Uh, those are two radically different movies. I mean, I, I, I mean, that's like, I, I don't know. I mean, you could still show someone Conan and they could still get some enjoyment out of it. I think I, I, Maybe not with everyone, but with with I, I think with a lot of people they still would. Those are I mean, yeah. While you could call both movies fantasy, they are radically different. I mean, that's like saying that like uh, you know someone who goes to see like kind of family friendly action movie might not appreciate Die Hard. Yeah, I think that you can fantasies like any other genre. You know, you you can just do a lot with it, and you have lighter stuff like Harry Potter, and then you have much, much rougher stuff, which is more so the fantasy that I enjoy. Well, lighter than Harry Potter is the fantasy I've been exposed to a lot lately of the Disney princesses. Yeah, yeah, but you've I... also got a six-year-old daughter, so... Yeah. Well, me too. I've been watching a lot of those too, but not because I have a kid. It's because I got Lloyd. Lloyd likes Disney princesses. He does. <laughs> one of the things I've always hated about fantasy movies, it's always been my gripe because you know I've got to have one. Even ones I like, this is the difference to me between fantasy and science fiction. A science fiction movie will make up a bullshit reason why something happens. Oh, see, the nanites do this and they alter you on a cellular level. A fantasy movie says, it's magic, that's why it happened. Hey, I, that's not a problem. That just makes it easy to write. Yeah, makes it very easy. And plus, I don't I don't know if any – I think they go into it a little more than that. In um, a lot of cases, it's just the wizard does something. Why'd that happen? It's magic. Okay. Yeah, it's just sure. get on with the story. No need for this exposition to explain. Right. Magic. Magic. Let's move. Yeah, I mean they, they'll go they'll, – they'll pick a flimsy way to explain it like they do in the sci-fi movies. I just always um, – I was always more of a fan of the sci-fi ones because – I, I at least like the fact that they tried to pretend to put thought into why so such like, and such is happening. So you like the whole midichlorians thing? Not midichlorians. Why do you <laughs> have to go there? You're a son of a bitch. Hey, you're the one who brought up this topic. Well, I know, compare... but midichlorians suck. Oh, come on. It, 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 it did what you said that you like. Uh, it explains stuff, you know, with its uh, midichlorians. <laughs> yeah, the force isn't magic anymore. It's, yeah, it's... see? See? It's no longer just magic. Like you said, it has an explanation. So you should be happy about the medical. Now, me personally, I think the metachlorates thing is stupid, but it sounds like you should really like it. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> and then you have this you have this other thing in fantasy, preconception in popular culture. For for instance, if if you're just watching a movie and l- let's say you take the same basic story of Star Wars versus the same story told in an actual fantasy fantasy setting. For whatever reason, the science fiction version is taken with more credibility than the fantasy one. Otherwise, people kind of go, well, it's dragons and wizards and fairies, big deal. Oh, this is this is evil demons and scientists. It's, it seems to have weird credibility differences, even if you're telling the same basic story. 
one genre has the word science in the title, which gives it a lot of credibility. The fantasy genre immediately brings to mind D&D nerds. Yeah, well, Scientologists have the word science in the title, too. That doesn't mean they're remotely credible. They would like to think <laughs> they take, are. I'll take them over the Christian scientists. They, they, they demean the word science. <laughs> but but look, there is that credibility thing, and there is like the Dungeons & Dragons trope. Everybody trots out, oh, this is like a Dungeons & Dragons style movie. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing to be compared to? That Dungeons & Dragons was so entrenched in our culture... Almost every fantasy movie that came out in the 80s was at some point compared to it's like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Didn't matter if they were an Ator film, a Beastmaster, a Conan, or anything in between. Is that good or bad? It, it, it could get redundant, and I, I don't know. I, I would say it would be more so bad. It, it, it all depends on really who you're talking to, honestly. Like, you know, if you compare something to D&D and you say it's very D&D-like and you're talking to somebody who's really, really into that, then, uh, hey, then that could get them to uh, to check this movie out. They might like it. Or uh, if they're really big into D&D, they've probably already seen it. But, you know, you can – that can – the unfortunate side to that is that can also turn some people off. if it's like, a D&D movie. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to yeah, bring that up, we, yeah. Yeah, because the, but even before then, if someone's just not into D and D, which I'm not, I'm I'm not a D and D guy. If someone's just not into D and D, you know, comparing something that you know, who knows, they might like to D and D, they might not really be as keen to check it out because it's that comparison has been made, which I think that could, that that could be the downside to that. And the Dungeons and Dragons movie, it's ironic that there are all these good fantasy films that were compared to Dungeons and Dragons, and then the actual Dungeons and Dragons movie was a steaming piece of shit. Well, I love like Jeremy what... Irons in it, though. He puts I in the Bruce... best. I love Bruce Payne in it. <laughs> oh, I actually think he and Jeremy Irons were in a competition to see who could overact more. I know, and it was awesome. It's like what it's like what Alex said earlier about fake He-Man movie being better than real He-Man movie. <laughs> Yeah, because, yeah, Masters of the Universe, which, that's another one that, it's a relatively fantasy setting with some sci-fi tropes in the cartoon, and then the almost straight sci-fi for the movie. It was like they, canon completely misunderstood what He-Man was about, which, we're going to do a whole episode on canon at some point, and that should not surprise anybody. I watched I thought, the He-Man movie back then. I thought you were about to say, all right, we're going to do a whole episode on He-Man at some point. So no, no, no. <laughs> no, canon. <laughs> canon, and I know you're going to be into that one, Brad. We're going to do a whole canon episode. But I, was that... supposed to get, I was supposed to get a canon jacket at one point from uh, uh, Rotten Cotton, but they never sent me one. Like a crew jacket? Yeah, they they were, uh, uh, they started selling uh, canon, canon jackets, and... Uh, the guy who runs it, I, I reviewed his uh, movie on the on the site. Uh, he, he did uh, Black Devil Doll, not the original, the the newer oh. one that came out. Yeah, Chester Novel Turner. I think he died years ago. But he, so yeah, the guy uh, who runs uh, Rotten Cotton, he afterwards said uh, said like, yeah, yeah, I'll send you a jacket. I never did get my Canon jacket. Bastard. I got my. Yeah, well, I got the novelization of Black Devil Doll. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Actually, is that was that was so weird to say that about Black Devil Doll, but like I did enjoy the book better than the movie. <laughs> that really does say something. Like it, it was really funny. Like I think that's that a statement, thing. Brad. Yeah, it was like it was really funny reading that in novel form. Was it well, even the close? Book is better than the movie. 
It was. It, the movie was a. It was a dead-on adaptation. <laughs> Sticking with fantasy, do you think fantasy? I'm, I'm talking about prior to 1995, not because of the arbitrary cutoff date you give me, because that's when CGI became affordable enough. Do you think fantasy movies worked better in animation, straight animation, than they did in live action? Just by by benefit of the fact that in animation having a scene where two characters are walking and talking is going to cost the same amount of animation as five dragons fighting over a city being destroyed, something you cannot do for the same amount of money in live action? I liked live action better because a real dragon was more spectacular than cartoon dragon. Yeah, Real, yeah. as in because they really existed, right, to you, Alex? Well, it was a they, real prop. It wasn't just... real dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back back when yeah the dragons in the movies would be real props. Yeah, I'm I'm with I'm with him on that. I enjoyed that better than and I I just I just tended to like the live action ones better than the animated ones anyway. Perfect example of what you were saying, Dragon Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that movie is amazing. Yeah, and the yeah. effects the effects hold up today. CGI yeah. could not have made better effects. That, that no, was what, no. one eighty two. Yeah, yeah, and and people and like with Lord of the Rings and everything, like it's like I I, I I'm sorry, I, I would be much more impressed if a lot of these things like Gollum and such were just the just like dude in makeup. <laughs> I would be much more impressed with that. Andy Serkis is phenomenally talented, but I, I'm sorry, I'd be much more impressed if if like he was under a lot of makeup like they would have done it back in the day i i would have liked that a lot better because as it is i mean yeah he he's there and he's doing all those moves but it's siege it's like the motion capture all over him and it doesn't look any different to me anyway i mean maybe an expert on it can tell the difference but to me it doesn't look any different than like if it's a mo- if they're motion capturing him or if it's just a tennis ball on string and they're just animating the whole thing well like the reason i brought that up even though it goes back into science fiction is like star trek the animated series the Mm -hmm. reason that that had more space battles and bigger aliens and things like that they said it costs just as much to animate the crew having dinner and a discussion about aliens than it does to have a romulan warbird attacking the enterprise so we were able to do more in the animated setting than we ever could have hoped to have done in the live action tv series yeah it makes sense one of the reasons I don't like parts of Ralph Bakshi's Lord of the Rings, the live action stuff did not work at all for me. Mm-hmm. It completely took me out of the film with how bad the Balrog, for example, looked in that. The animated sequences, they worked just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that. It's been a really long time since I've seen <laughs> Bakshi's Lord of the Rings. And then you know I don't even remember there being live action sequences. It's been that long for me. I just remember where there's a whip, there's a way. I remember now. Now that he, I remember now. Now that he mentioned that, I was like, oh yeah, there was live action in that. And it just to me, it didn't work. It didn't work. But but then you've also got what I think is one of the best, mostly animated, one of the best fantasy movies ever is Ralph Bakshi's Wizards. That movie's phenomenal. I'll have to take your word on that. I never saw Wizards. I saw Fire and Ice. Yeah, I've seen Fire and Ice. Fire and Ice was all right. Wizards is, I can't even describe it. Mark, seen... Hamill, Mark Hamill has one of the funniest scenes in that, and it's an intentionally funny scene. And what happens? What happened to Wizards is just kind of a shame in 1977. It came out one week before this little film called Star Wars. 
Oh. Also by 20th Century Fox. So by the second week, they were actually pulling wizards out of theaters to get more screenings of Star Wars in. Oh, bummer. So that's it was murdered by Star Wars. And they were both by 20th Century Fox. That's so just Fox bad is pulling luck. their own product. That's just, that's just bad luck. <laughs> what, what about Coonskin? That's Ralph Bakshi. Is that fantasy? Well, it's not realistic, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Fritz the Cat. That's a great movie. I, I like it, and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> okay, what reason do you have for hating it? The fact that it's just it's not as good as as it was made. Maybe it's the fact that it was blown up to me to being this amazing hard sex, hard drugs, pigs as cops and all this. And when I saw it, it just did not live up to what my contemporaries had built it up in my head to. You were expecting mouse, weren't you? You were expecting porn? No, I was just expecting more of a more of a subversive kind of fuck you to to the authority and what i got was just tom and jerry on crack no i thought it really was that what, what you said i thought it was a very very satirical flick a very i thought it had a lot to i thought the movie had a lot to say i thought it really was kind of that sort of you kind of movie you were talking about See, that's, me, one, of the, that's one of the that. that's that's one of the things that actually impressed me about it because i think when i was a kid and i went into uh when i when i went into fritz the cat i think i was just kind of sort of expecting a raunch fest you know like just like oh it's gonna be like porgies but it's animated and then what i got was something that actually you know was trying to was trying to say something and, and being kind of clever about it and i i, I totally got that out of fritz the cat well, okay, l- let me ask you about – now, I, I, I love this movie, okay? I'm not so sure I agree with Terry Gilliam about it, but I love this film. The Fisher King, he calls it an urban fantasy. I can see where he's kind of coming from, but to me, if you had to categorize Fisher King, it's more of a drama. But I see what he's saying. Yeah, I see what he's saying too. I'll agree yeah. with you on that. It's, it is more of a drama, but I can see where he would describe it as fantasy. Yeah, I, I completely understand what he's saying. And I, I think that film is a is absolutely amazing. That's one of the most underrated films of the 90s, I think, is Fisher King. Fisher King is awesome. Because it bombed at the box office. It didn't do well on video. And it just kind of remained unseen. And even today, when I when I tell people that Terry Gilliam directed this, that's a Terry Gilliam movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a damn good one. Yeah, that actually has a lot of Terry Gilliam's look to it, too. Yeah, it totally does. And that was uh, I saw that when it when it first hit video. I didn't see it in the theater, but it was when it was a new release. Uh, my my mom rented it. And we watched it. I thought it I thought it was really damn good. It was. It, it's one of those that I didn't really realize until later. Kind of did, didn't do all that well upon release. Well, I think that's I think part of the reason is people were expecting out of because it was billed as a Robin Williams film. They were expecting a wacky comedy, and yeah. while there is comedy in it, that's not – honestly, most of the comedy comes from Jeff Bridges. Yeah. You know, most of the comedy is not from Robin Williams, who has a pretty dramatic, if not kind of schizophrenic role in that. Yeah, he's got a lot of the darker, stu- darker stuff in the movie when the guy goes on the shooting spree and kills his wife. Yeah, that gave me nightmares as a kid. His Robin Williams flashbacks with the shooting spree. Yeah, uh-huh. her, her brains all over his face and in his dinner. Yeah. yeah, that was rough. <laughs> well, and that then gave me a couple sleepless nights when I was like 10. Well, and then what about 
this film and it this definitely does have fantasy elements. I do definitely do call this a fantasy film because the comic was as well as being science fiction. Heavy metal is billed as the ultimate teenage fantasy, but it's not a fantasy in the same way that we're talking. But I can I can see that movie as yes, that was the ultimate teenage fantasy in 1981, wasn't it? I don't to know. go to the world there. <laughs> I never beat off to cartoons. I told you fantasy not in a sexual setting. Oh, I no. I thought you. I thought you meant sexual setting because you said not the way we've been talking about. Well, well because it's not fantasy in the traditional way. This, this uh-huh. is not fantasy with dragons and stuff. This is fantasy in the way of you know a, a teenager gets abducted from Earth and becomes this huge muscle-bound guy that ends up saving the entire planet. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me at thirteen that that's not your a non-sexual fantasy you had. You know, uh, stories in that are very fanciful. Yeah, yeah, they are. Well, I didn't see heavy metal until I was 19. I had outgrown that stage of my life of that that fanciful character projection that, oh, that this could be me kind of thing. So you never wanted to go to Boob World? I, I can see what – I certainly see what you're saying. I don't know if I it, it had that impact on me. I mean because I, I – don't, I don't know. I was <laughs> – if I – I was watching Shannon Tweed movies at the time. I mean, I, I didn't really need cartoon boobs. Well, see, I saw Heavy Metal when I was 11. I saw it when it first hit Cinemax. Brad, I'm sure you remember that infamous Cinemax run it had because of the licensing issues. They couldn't release it on video, so they just showed it on Cinemax every two weeks. Cinemax is when I saw it for the first time. Yeah, me too. And then there was all those bootlegs of it going around yeah. on the on the tape trading circuit. And every kid I knew had a copy off of Cinemax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't see it until long after video. And I remember them advertising it on, you like, oh, you can't get this at stores. you got to call our 800 number and order it. Mm-hmm. The 1996, the first official release of the movie then. They also sold Akira that way too. Yeah, I remember that. I remember them selling Akira that way. Well, that's because Carl Masick, the guy that invented or well, brought Robotech to America, was the one who, for whatever reason... Streamline Pictures that he ran at the time, did they had the rights to Akira for a theatrical exhibition, and they said you can put it out on videotape, but you cannot sell it to video stores. It was specifically written in the contract, video stores. So he said, well, then we'll just advertise people with direct ordering and we'll sell it directly to comic book stores. It was a genius way to get around the stupid legal wording of not selling it to a video store. Yeah. That, that was genius. But yeah, Akira, uh, people call Akira fantasy as well and in a way i do see where they're coming from there although i, I do that. see more I've of always, the science fiction overtones with that though. I, i've always seen that more as science fiction yeah like i wouldn't consider star trek fantasy because it's all about the science star wars on the other hand isn't really about the science you don't never get an explanation of how the millennium falcon works it just goes it's magic <laughs> that's true why did it work it's magic leave it alone yeah it just it's, it works, you know. It's having some trouble in Empire, but you know, eventually they they fix it up. It's fine. And they don't explain what the trouble is. They're like, this thing I made up and pulled out of my ass isn't working, so I'm gonna get in this room with the tubes and. <laughs> if I move these two, well, no, that's the Star Trek Next Generation making up their science. That was fantasy. All right, if we use the tachyon particles and we put them in the warp core and we go at negative five megatrons and then we'll do this and we'll create a warp barrier around the ship. Oh, shut up. Just say it's magic. See, that's the difference. (laughs) Just say it's magic. That's all science. Star Wars just like magic. Let's go. Well, and then you you do have people that 
that because of the, the word fantasy being so expansive, you do have people that say like the X-Men movies or even Superman. Those are fantasy films. Again, I can see where they're coming from, and I also can't. Does that make sense? I, I can, you know, if if they're if you, if you have a very 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 broad broad definition of the word fantasy. I can for Superman, but not like other comic book heroes like Batman. I can never see as fantasy. Again, it's like I said, like I I don't know. I mean, like if you have a very broad broad definition of that, that could stretch out to like movies where your lead characters are mutants and have powers and whatnot, then sure, I, I, I can see why you would say that. I, I can't say I've given it much thought. In terms of the X-Men movies, I've just considered them comic book action movies. But then you also have the negative side of anything that deals with time travel or whatnot is considered fantasy. I have seen Martin Lawrence's Black Knight called a fantasy movie. It does have knights in it and swords. And time travel, but I'm kind of going, it's not really fan. That, to me, is more of a straight-up comedy, or at least an attempt at comedy with Martin Lawrence. It's it's a, well, like, I mean, I don't know, like, can a fantasy not also be a comedy? No, it can, but I think that one's more interested in being a comedy than it is a fantasy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, 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 by, by far, yeah. <laughs> so, so to me, the priority seems to be, a comedy that has fantasy uh, tropes to it. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna stick that movie in the fantasy section at the video store. <laughs> right, but I've I've heard some people call it a fantasy movie, and I'm like, eh, well, you're not wrong. It, you're not really right either. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, like it's got its gears in mainly being a comedy. I mean, that's like I don't know, like also putting like a kid in King Arthur's court in your fantasy section or well, then you, uh, you also have um like any medieval period piece that ends up being considered fantasy well yeah but look at what the sci-fi channel did with braveheart when the first lord of the rings movie was first coming out on video the sci-fi channel showed braveheart they and they advertised it as if you like lord of the rings you'll like this and i'm kind of going yeah these two films not even close to one another. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, like once it crosses into like once it goes into like magic and like witches and stuff like that, then okay, yeah. But something, no, 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 no. Something that's just purely just medieval, like Braveheart. No, no, that's not that's that's not fantasy. Lady he throws Hawk, you yeah. throws you throw some witches in there and some spells and like dragons. Yeah, then it's fantasy. Yeah, Lady Hawk though has magic in it. Yeah, Lady Hawk. Yeah, l exactly. And, and I like Lady uh, Hawk. Me too. Excalibur's got all yeah, that kind of the, stuff. It's got in the Lady it. of the Lake and Morgana yeah. and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. But it, Spartacus, and, no. 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 Gladiator. <laughs> Ten Commandments would be fantasy. Technically, there's magic. Yeah, there, there there's magic and there's godlike characters, literally. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> literally. And there's swords and sandals and... What would you say is the defining, not necessarily your favorite, but the defining movie for you that is fantasy? For me, though, it would be Sword and the Sorcerer. It has all the tropes that I like. It has the actual dragons and stuff. Boobs. Boobs, yeah, they're just a... And it also a, had a three-bladed sword. Yes. And that one, you know, I watched that one when it came out, and it... Sat in my mind all the time. That how does this compare to Sword and the Sorcerer? 
Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery science version or uncut? Oh, uncut. Oh, totally. Uh, no, those uh, guys uh, honestly, over the movie just suck. I know, right? I'm trying to watch this. Uh, it, honestly, uh, probably Excalibur. It really speaks towards my taste and what I like about about that about that particular genre. It's dark. It's violent. It's morbid as hell. It's all foggy and steamy and, really and well dirty. Shot. Really well shot and just grimy and like I I like it. I, I like it a lot. I gotta say, mine w- would be the original Conan, John Milius yeah. and Oliver Stone's Conan. That I watched that movie probably a hundred times as a kid. I read the comics, I read the novels. I I always loved that movie. That to me is the defining fantasy film. And uh-huh. if you don't like it, then to hell with you. So Brad Jones, if people want to find you and they, if they want to f- have a fantasy about Brad Jones, where would they go? Well, then you go to the cinemasnob.com. What about Marquis Dissuade, Alex? And I'm going to try and make sure that that sticks. Marquis Dissuade. I like it. Uh, geekjuicemedia.com. And you can find me at 1201beyond.com, 1201beyond at gmail.com. Have a good night, guys.